when they asked me to speak, they said, we would like you to speak on the discipline of freedom. And I was like, first of all, I don't think that makes any sense. And if you knew me at all, you would know you would never ask me to speak on anything that has to do with the discipline at all. Um, so I told the story, and I'm going to tell you guys, some of you guys have heard it, but it's really funny, and I, this is the story I opened up with. There was this, um, a couple years ago, obviously, Layla's two now, and, um, and when I was pregnant with her, I don't know about you, but I feel like having babies in your 30s is way different than having babies in your 20s. And, um, and I was just tired all the time. I was so tired. And, um, and I hate Wednesday night services. I hate midweek services. Um, I don't, I shouldn't say hate that. That's a very passionate word. I dislike greatly any time I have to come to church when my kids have to get up and go to school the next day. So we had a Wednesday night service at the time and, and I was like, I'm going to do everything and anything I can to not go. So, um, so my kids and I, we were skipping on a Wednesday night service and my husband was at church and, and we're sitting there and I was very pregnant and very tired all the time. And, um, we're, we're sitting at the table and we're having, um, we're having Taco Bell for dinner. And I'm not sure how many times that week we had had Taco Bell for dinner. Taco Bell is right next to my kids' school. So it's often the go-to place. It's terrible. Um, and so we're sitting at the table and Hannah leans over to me and she goes, mom, um, don't ever tell her I told you this story. She'd be devastated. Okay. Seriously. She's like, mom, um, I'm not wearing any underwear. And I was like, why aren't you wearing any underwear? And she goes, because there's not any clean. No, I'm sorry. She's told me she's wearing Josiah's underwear. And I was like, why are you wearing Josiah's underwear? She's like, cause I didn't have any clean. And I was like, um, okay. So Josiah looks at Hannah and she goes, and he goes, well, why don't you just go commando? Cause that's what I do. So in my mom devastation moment, I realized for one, my kids eat Taco Bell too much. For two, there's not enough clean underwear for my daughter. Three, this happened so often that my, my son knows what commando is. And I don't even know what that, where that came from. So I opened up with that story because this is me. This is who I am. And I'm not a, like a super disciplined person. So for somebody to ask me to speak on discipline, it's, it's kind of this like oxymoron. Like I'm just not a hugely disciplined person, but I know what freedom looks like. And I just want to talk to you guys this morning about what does it really look like to live in freedom? See, sometimes because we live in this grace culture, we look at freedom like it's whatever we want to do whenever we want to do it. We look at, well, you know, whatever I, whatever I want, I get. Whatever I want to do, I get to do. Instead of looking at our life of freedom, it's one like a dance that we have with the Lord. I want to start by reading in Galatians um, chapter 4. And I'm going to read from um, the NAS. If you want to follow along, you can. Um, I'm going to start in verse 3, and then I'm going to skip to 5. So Galatians 4, verses 3, it says, So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, say fullness of the time, God set forth his son, 
born of a woman, born under law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his sons into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It was for freedom that he set us free. Freedom is so important to the Lord. Freedom for his children, freedom for each one of us is so important to God. He said, I will send my son the fullness of God in the man, Christ Jesus. Fully God, he came to redeem us so that we could be sons, to fulfill the law. Now, if I understand that correctly, I I can look at it and I can say, that was completely fulfilled. The law was completely fulfilled, and now I am a son. What does that look like when it means freedom? That means I understand the price he paid so that I can walk every day fully alive unto God, so that I can walk every day fully alive unto what he's called me to do, so that I can walk every day in the fullness of what Christ has done for me. Practically speaking, I see a few things. I don't know why I was talking to some of the ladies. I don't know why God always speaks to me like in threes. Like every time I get a message, it's three things. There's three things. He just speaks to me that way. Just, it's wonderful. Maybe one day he'll talk to me differently, but he doesn't. So it doesn't get old for me. Hopefully it doesn't get old for you. There's three things I see when I talk about what it means for me to live free. And I hope that this helps, inspires, and encourages you. See, for me in my life, I don't, um, I don't, I don't struggle with what we would call like sin or things because I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't struggle with those things. I struggle with condemnation or fear or insecurity or criticism. And, and those are all, those are all not fruits of the spirit. But, um, but mostly what I, what I struggle with is, is knowing that, um, that I'm fully alive, pleasing to the father just right now in this moment. And there have been times in my life, many times that I could give you many testaments and many stories of moments where I felt so, um, not enough, you know, even this morning and, um, excuse me if I get a little emotional, but even this morning as I was, you know, um, it's so deceitful the way that sometimes our minds can just trick us into believing just what not, not what God wants, but you know, as I'm standing here and I'm just like worshiping and, and it was just like f- almost like this flood of the enemy's lies. Like, what are you going to really give these people this morning? What are you going to say that you haven't said before? Just, just like, f- and then right when that started to happen, <laughs> my awesome, amazing husband who hears God just like reaches over and he just starts blessing me and filling my heart up. So when I say, when I talk to you guys about the discipline of freedom, when I'm talking about what it looks like this morning, I'm not speaking from a place where I don't know 
I don't know where it comes from because I believe with all my heart that there are so many times God, he just has to fill me up because I just, there's so much that the enemy just can come in and rob from my mind. But I've been through times and seasons where I've so felt like I don't measure up to what God wants. I don't measure up to what people need. I don't measure up to exactly what I'm supposed to be. And there have been many times and many moments where either my husband, God through my husband or just, or just the Lord speaking to me and telling me, Rochelle, you are not Martha. You are Mary. You know, and if you know the story in the Bible where there's two sisters and Martha's cooking, you know, in the kitchen and, and, and Mary chooses to sit at Jesus's feet and, and Martha complains that Mary's not helping. I often complain that people don't help because that's a, it's a, you can laugh at that moment. <laughs> I do. Um, cause when you have a whole f- plate full of stuff, you have to do responsibilities and, and you feel like you're doing it alone. I've been there. I've been there in the kitchen when I feel like, well, everybody else is doing what they think is right, but nobody is feeling like they need to help me and do what I think is what I'm supposed to do. And I think that was the mentality of Martha and Mary more than just the act of serving. It was the mentality that Martha was saying, what I'm doing is way more important than what anybody else is doing. And there's so many times I feel like that in my life. I feel like what I'm doing is the most important thing. Usually it is, but it's okay. There are many times that, but that my heart sometimes, I feel I break the heart of God because I elevate what I'm doing over what somebody else is doing. And I say, what I'm doing is more important. And then in the end, Jesus told Martha, Mary's chosen the better portion because the better portion is always sitting at his feet. The better portion is always being the one who pour it all out like we sing this morning. I pour it out for you, God. Something that I have to realize is that I am perfectly pleasing to the Father right now. There's nothing more that I can do to please his heart. And if you got that right now in this moment, see, sometimes church and religion tells you, as soon as you work enough, as soon as you get to this place, God will be proud of you. As soon as you have reached the end and he says, um, well done, that's when God's going to be proud. I'm going to work my whole life until the one moment I get to heaven and God gets to say, well done, you good and faithful servant, right? Believed it, lived it. But when God says right now, Right now, you are perfectly pleasing to the Father. You don't have to do one more thing. You don't have to do one more thing. You are perfectly pleasing to your Father. And I look at my children. I have a daughter who's 15 and a daughter who just turned two. Four, uh, three in between. But we'll talk about those two. What would my children think if I told Layla, well, I really love you but I'm much more proud of your sister because we've had 15 more years to spend together. I've heard to obey me. I've heard to listen to me. I've heard to love me back. I love Sarah way more than you, Layla. 
because we've had more time. I feel like that's sometimes how we are in, in the body of Christ. We feel like, well, look at my journey. It's been so long with the Lord. I've walked so faithful with you, Jesus. I know you're super proud of me now. And we tell a new believer, just wait. As long as you do everything you're supposed to do right for a long period of time, God's going to love you. He's going to welcome you, open arms into his kingdom. No, you're in his kingdom right now. You've already been welcomed into his arms already. You're already pleasing to the Father. You don't have to do one more thing. When we live from that place, oh, it's so easy to be a reckless waster of on Jesus. Sometimes that's how I, I look at things. I say, I want to be that woman that says, I'll waste my life on you. Because if I understand, I am loved by you right now. I am perfectly pleasing to you, Jesus. I don't have to do one more thing. It's so much easier for me to just live in that place of freedom with the Lord. Give it all to him. The second thing, and this is my this is my life song, this is my life story, and I know God will give me some more ones, but for right now this is it. I have chosen to live completely authentically with people and with God. I, if you know me for very long, you know that there is just not much hiding. And if you really want to get to know me, just have a conversation with me after 9 p.m. Because there's just no filter on this mouth. I think it's actually Jesus is teaching me some things through that because I'm really learning that, um, you know, if I'm going to say exactly what I feel after 9 p.m. and I'm not sure who I'm going to be around, I need to really make sure what I'm feeling in my heart is what God wants me to feel so that what comes out is not, it's just good. But I have chosen to be myself. You know, I was talking to these ladies at um, this women's conference and I told them that I remember when my husband said he wanted to plant a church and be a pastor and I felt in my heart, I think that either God wanted you to marry me or God wanted you to be a pastor because not both. So either you got the wrong wife or the wrong call. But I've learned that this is my portion. This is what God has for me. And I'm embracing it, but I've also chosen to do it with complete authenticity. Um, I, w- I used to think, God, I, I don't have big hair. I don't play an organ, so I'm not called to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> my hair has gotten bigger sometimes over the years. I got bangs right now. But, um, but I know that, that I was called to, to do something different as a pastor's wife, that this is a, a, a mandate for me is that I think there's lots of pastor's wives that have it all together and I love them for that, but I don't. And I'm okay with that. 
So I've chosen that it is much harder to pretend like you have it all together. You know everything to say. You have all the right words. Your kids behave perfectly. And just to live like that's not the truth. (laughs) And it's just easier for me to have no masks. This is it. This is life. My kids aren't always going to do the right thing. I'm not always going to say the right thing. I'm not always going to have the perfect house or the perfect message or the, or the perfect hair. But I will be me. <laughs> Learning and knowing that we are the only person that could be us. There's only one Rochelle, Wexler, pastor's wife to Zach. There's only one mother to Sarah, David, Hannah, and Josiah. There's only one me. If I tried to be somebody else, who's going to fill that role? If I tried to be somebody else, who's going to be that mom to my babies to teach them the way I want them to be taught? There's only one you. Gus, there's only one you. Just be you. Fully who God made you. Without apology. There's only one you. And if we were all okay with that, how beautiful the body of Christ would be. The Bible says, for we are his workmanship, created in his image. If I am his workmanship and I am created in his image, how beautiful does he think I am? How lovely. I'm his reflection. How does he look at me? You know, whenever my, um, she's not in here so I can talk about her. My daughter, she's 15. She's at that age where she's uh, fat and ugly and her hair sucks. I don't know if you have teenage daughters, but it's like a daily battle. And if, if you met her, she's just, she's beautiful and there's not anything wrong with her, not whatsoever. Um, you know, or if you, you've, if you've ever had sisters and you're a boy and you've had a sister, um, that, I mean, it's just, it's unending, but she's at that age. And sometimes when she says it, it just breaks my heart as her mom. Because I see her and I see so much beauty and grace. And then I think, what does the Lord think when I do those things to myself? And I'm created in his image. What happens when I do things against the nature that he's put in me? And I, I, I let voices and I speak death or speak evil or or I, I, whatever it is that, that we struggle with as, as people, we, we allow sin and bondage to grip us and, and we don't understand that we're made in his image and, and in his likeness and we're literally breaking the heart of God because we're not being who he created us to be. See, sometimes we look at sin as just the stuff we do. I look at it as just going against who he made us to be. And it doesn't break his heart because he can't stand sin and he hates it, but it breaks his heart because he says, do you not realize that I made you for more? 
I made you for freedom, and that's just going to keep you bound. I made you to fly and soar like the eagles, and that's just going to keep you bound and tied up and not being able to really release and do what I've created you to do. It doesn't grieve him because we sin and he can't stand sin. It grieves him because we are made in his image and his likeness. And he's looking at us and he's saying, don't you know what that's doing to you? Don't you know what it's going to produce? Don't you know what it's going to bring? And, and I, I came that you would have a life and life abundantly and sin leads to death. And, and I made an answer and I, and I answered the question and I, I brought a hope for you and you keep choosing death. That's what our sin does to God's heart. It's, it's not about something he can't look at or, or can't stand. It's he just, he made a different way. He said, I made a different way for you. Walk in the way I, I made. We are his workmanship. The last thing um, that I see is I look at, um, you know, and I'm a girl, so sometimes guys can't, you know, relate to this. So if, it, if you can't relate, that's okay. Think about it something else in your way. Like, I look at life like a dance with the Lord. Like a dance with my Jesus. I was talking with um, Glenda in the car ride on the way home. I think that sometimes we've gone through things in life and, and, um, you know, I think about my mom who, um, has been single for a really long time and she has a revelation of the Lord being her husband, like nobody else I've ever met. I just don't, I don't understand that. I have a great husband. And so I don't, I don't, I don't know the depths of that longing for somebody that she's been able to reach into the heart of God and find for herself. But I know what it's like to not not have a father to say, I'm so proud of you. You're a good mom. But I know when I hear God's heart that I can lean in so close. And I believe because of that, there is a revelation in my heart of Papa God. Me and Glenda were talking about it because Christine was giving her a word about when she dances that it's like this, the the father smiles through her face. And I was saying, it's a revelation because of, of just this redemption that happens when you are missing something on the earth, that if you tap into what God has for you, you can get a deeper revelation of what, of, of that thing. And so we were talking and I was like, I think that I have this deeper revelation of Papa as a father. Cause I didn't have one to tell me all the things I needed to hear. Now, I have restoration with my earthly father. He's a great man, and, um, and I bless him, and he knows how much I love him. So I'm not, I don't want to talk ill of anybody. He's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful man, and there's been so much redemption in our lives, and I'm thank, I thank God for that. But there is a revelation of Papa God that when I think about spending time with Jesus, I, I think about like a father-daughter dance that I never got to go to. And he takes me and he spins me and he brings me up in his heart and he dips me really low and he springs me up again. I look at this 
journey of, of freedom in my life with Christ is this beautiful dance full of dips and spins. And sometimes I get dizzy and sometimes I feel like he's not going to catch me if he throws me up, but he always does. But this beautiful romance, this beautiful dance. So whatever the father is to you, whatever Jesus is to you, look at your journey like a dance. full of dips and spins and unknowns and missteps, but beautiful. I'm going to have Glenda come and share. I, uh, I was praying for these ladies on um, Friday night. I got to speak yesterday in the early session, and, um, and I looked at her and I said, would you dance? And so she uh, she listened to the song all night, and she put together something, and and I thought it was just so wonderful to have somebody with me that could just do it off the fly. But I know we've heard some of us have heard the song with a different dance, but I want you to listen to this song. And as she releases this, you are dancing with him. It's your story. It's your journey. It looks so different than everybody else's, but it's yours. With every misstep and every, you know, let me say this. I'm going to fall down every time I dance. I'm going to fall down every time. I'm not going to step every right move, but it's still beautiful. He's still with me. He still loves me. Is that in me? Slow and sweet, we sway, take the lead, and I will follow. Finally, ready now to close my eyes and just believe that you won't lead me where you don't go. When my faith gets tired and my hope seems lost You spin me round and around and remind me of that song The one you wrote for me And we dance Thank you. 
the Lord wants you to know if you don't feel that place of home like you could just breathe with Jesus but he wants to just take everything remove everything that hinders that freedom just let go Trust you, Jesus. When my faith gets tired, I give it to you, God. In this moment, I just pray that every heart, every life in this room will be able to just release every burden, every deep thing that separates you from who you are. 
everything that stops you from living in full freedom. So I just remove every hindrance, every burden, every weight, every sin that stops us from fully living the life that God has for us. And I just declare every heart fully receiving the love that God has, the life that he has for you. Can I get my um, prayer team to come up here? And I just want to say, let somebody pray with you. Because if you don't feel fully free and fully alive in this moment, you're going to just rob yourself. The lie that sin separates us from God is just that it's a lie because I'm pretty sure the Bible says that nothing and no one can separate us from the love of the Father. All it does is stop you from believing who you really are. It just stops you from believing who you really, really are. son. You're made in his image and he loves you. I'm going to let them play the song a little bit and lift it up louder. And, and I just encourage you to have somebody pray with you. Maybe we all stand in, the, in this place. Lift your hands and just let him dance with you. Let him dance with you. And if you want to be dismissed, we love you. You're free to go.